Well, good evening, UEC. I'm grateful to be here um, and uh, bring the word tonight. But just as we do that, just want to say how grateful uh, I am for UBC and this church body and my family is just to have uh, grown uh, tremendously through the internship and just uh, our time here at UBC. For, so, so grateful for that. Um, but before we go into the word, I would love to pray with you. So if you bow your heads with me. God, we come and Lord, as we approach your word, God, we pray that we would do so hum- humbly. God, that our hearts would be pliable. God, that you would shape and mold us to be like your son. Amen. Well, this evening we have the opportunity to dive into Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And as you turn there, I just want to give you a brief context of, of, uh, of what Paul and who Paul is writing to. And Paul is writing to the Ephesians to equip the church to protect against future problems while encouraging them to mature in their faith. And so Paul, he's divided his letter here into two main sections. Uh, Chapter 1 through 3 would present gospel doctrine, which would be right thinking about God. And then chapters 4 through 6, he would present us with gospel practice, that we would have right living. So right thinking should always lead toward right living, or another way of saying it is gospel doctrine should lead to healthy gospel culture. And so as we approach Ephesians 5 verse 2, Paul is encouraging the Christians because of their new life in Christ, he's telling them to walk in love. Because of the work of Christ in you, let the work of Christ work through you in your life that you would walk in love. So if you follow me along, follow with me as I read chapter 5, verse 2, which is also in your new pew Bibles there in front of you again, page 978. So it says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself, himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Let's read that one more time. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So the main point this evening is that walking in love is self-sacrificing. That walking in love is self-sacrificing. If we are to walk in love, then we have to first answer the question, like, what is love? Well, that's a very complex question. What is love? But if we were looking at two ways, what does the world say about love and what does Scripture say about love? We could say the world says about love that it is about acceptance or often rooted in self-discovery or self-expression. Worldly love is focused on the self and self-serving, but love defined in Scripture is clear in John 15, verse 12. It says, 
Greater love is no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for a friend. Or 1 John 4, 8, which just says God is love. So his very character is love. Jonathan Lehman in his book, uh, The Rule of Love, says that anything um, called love that does not have its source in God is not love. So what does the Bible say about love? Well, for one thing, love is self-sacrificing. So how do we walk in love? Well, Paul starts out in chapter 5 in verse 1. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Well, I think it's helpful for us to look there first because Paul lays it out clearly. If we are to love, we first have to imitate God. I think this is something that we can all relate to. You've probably heard it said, like father, like son. Well, if you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But even for those of us who don't have kids yet, if we are alive, we have parents or adults that have influenced our life, um, we can find it helpful and even looking to that example of what, what does it look like to be beloved children and what does it look like to be imitators of God? Well, that expression like father, like son, you know, if I were to look at my own life, I could say there's a lot of times where I have imitated my parents or my father and even the bad things that I didn't even know or I wasn't trying to imitate. For better or for worse, children imitate adults, especially their parents. Almost without realizing it, their small eyes hone in on us, working in behaviors and copying gestures or internalizing words or facial expressions. There's so much that kids capture. And while children may never be an exact copy of their parents, they have an imprint that is very decisive on their life. Paul tells us, to be imitators of God. Why? Well, 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. So the command that Paul gives us is to walk in love. And so as we walk through this passage of 5-2, the passage is going to serve as our outline, that we would walk in love Point one, as Christ loved the church. Point two, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice, which will be our third point. So walk in love. And, and as if Paul writes to the Ephesians, he uses this language of walk throughout chapters four and five. This imagery can be really helpful when we understand the regularity in which we do it. Most of us had to, to walk in here just to get here today. If we do walking at some point, we even have counters on our watches or on our phones that track our steps. So we all can understand this language of walking. And I think it's interesting that Paul doesn't say to sprint in love. He says to walk in it. I bet we could all sprint in love if we had to for a little while. Might take some effort more. Some might take more effort than others. 
but it could be done. But the point that Paul is making is that it shouldn't be something that's just short-lived, like sprinting, like one side of the room to the other. But it should be something that is consistent, that is something that is daily. Paul wants the Ephesians to endure in love. And as Ryan talked about this morning, and, and as he walked through Revelation 2, the Ephesians had actually abandoned their love that they had at first. They stopped walking in love. And so it should be natural and consistent like walking. Anyone can love once, but can you love consistently? Even when it's hard. Even when it's convenient. Even when the, the entire culture is moving the opposite direction. Can you love then? Walking in love requires more than just understanding truth. Walking in love is a right practice and it is a living out of the truth. The Ephesians, is, as Ryan and Brad said a few minutes ago, was they were disproportionate in their love and their doctrine. We see a really good example of this in Luke 10 as uh, we see the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus shares this parable of three men walking on a road. What happened? Well, the priest and the Levite, they passed by. They knew a lot. Their doctrine was probably strong. But they didn't do anything. They didn't stop. They didn't want to be inconvenienced they walked on by. However, the Good Samaritan goes out of his way sacrificially to love this injured man, giving out of his own pocket and time. So Paul commands the Ephesians and, and commends them for their good orthodoxy. But good orthodoxy should always lead to good orthopraxy. Paul wants the Ephesians to live out truth by walking in love. Yes, root out heresy. Yes, plant your feet and guard the truth. But do not forget to walk in love. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I, if I speak in the tongues of angels and of men, yet have not love, I am just a noisy gong. Does that define your life? Or... Are you speaking the truth and love to those around you? Are you walking in love with those around you? The second part of this verse, it says, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. This is the ultimate example of sacrificial love. Love involves giving ourselves away for the good of another. And this is the good news of the gospel that, that Christ sacrificed himself, that while we were separated from God because of our sin, deserving his wrath, Romans 5.8 says, Yet God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus lived the life that we didn't live. He died the death for us, taking our place our punishment for sin and he reigns victorious 
So Jesus loves sacrificially by, sacri- by suffering and dying for sinners as an offering to God, and we are to love people sacrificially as well. So this is the love that we sing about and we'll sing about here in a few minutes, the wonderful cross. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. So as we think about what does this look like in our family, what what does this look like in the church, what does this look like in our neighborhoods? Well, for one, as I think about my marriage, this, uh, as I love sacrificially my wife, Cassie, um, this means not keeping score. It, it doesn't matter how your spouse responds in things. If you want to love like Jesus, you have to put yourself aside. Sacrificial love is a love that doesn't demand or hold on to its rights, but has the good of the other at heart. This is the love that we need to work on in our marriages we would love sacrificially. Maybe this means if you're up for a big promotion that you would have to say no so that you could maybe be at home more so that you could spend time with your family, discipling your kids or helping at home. Whatever it may look like, there are ways in which we can think, how can I serve my spouse? How can I serve my family well and love them well. In our church, you know, one of the things that I, I'm excited about is as UBC sends out Trey, um, this is a sacrifice. I know we love Trey here at UBC, and sending out our best is a sacrifice to be able to send him, yet it is also um, doing it in love because we're able to serve the families that live in Benton County and we'll be able to invite friends and family that may not make the trek down here to UBC. And so it's sending our best. Are you willing to set aside your preferences? We could go on about that, but I'll just leave it at that. Are, are you willing to set aside your preferences for the good of a brother? Are you intentionally setting aside time to serve, to help? It was encouraging just the men at this, uh, the men's retreat over the weekend that were sacrificing of their time to run slides, to run sound, to get there early. What does it look like to serve in your neighborhood? Maybe it's walking with the family through pain. Maybe it's Um, Are you willing to give up your time to someone while they are in the midst of suffering to encourage them? Is your home open? Are you available to spend time with people that are hurting? Are you willing to share Christ? This is one of the most loving things that we as Christ followers could do is to share the love of Christ with someone who does not know Christ. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to to bear witness for our King? And we do this as a fragrant offering 
and a sacrifice to God. You notice in the last part of the verse, it says, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Notice that Christ gave himself for us, but he was an offering to God. So right orthodoxy should not only lead to right orthopraxy, but also to doxology, to worship. Christ willingly and joyfully gave himself up for us. This was a pleasing offering to God. So as we have opportunity to sacrificially love others, As an offering to God, we must pray that we as a church would have humility to love sacrificially, that we would walk in love. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we fail often miserably at walking in love. We put our own preferences above that of our brothers, our sisters. God, we are not willing to sacrifice, but you are the ultimate example. And God, I pray that we as a church would follow your command to walk in love. God, uh, the culture around us presses in, God, that they would not, only see us hold the line of doctrine, but God, that we would have right practice. God, that we would love the people that we interact with. We would uh, share the name and the hope of Christ with them, which is by far the most important thing that we could do. God, we pray that as we go throughout this week, that your love would be known through us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Let's stand again.